Welcome back. How has your week been? Was it long? Did you miss me? I missed you. You missed me? I did. I missed you. Oh, good. I look forward to these recordings. We're your hosts. I'm Reed, and over there is your other host. I'm Drew. She's so special. Mm-hmm. Okay. Today, we are going to talk about the workforce or workplace or work whatever, whatever you want to talk about it as, uh, finding a job, interviewing for that job, and what should be expected of our jobs as a neurodiverse person. This is going to kind of be just the tip of the iceberg on a very large, large iceberg, one that could sink the Titanic, I feel like, because it's mm-hmm. a never-ending, never-ending issue. I'm going to be um, upfront and say that I've had a hard time writing this script because I don't handle it very well in my own personal life. I uh, attempt to avoid it most of the time, my neurodiversity and a job. So maybe I could learn from my own writings this time. Well, when it goes for looking for a job, as a neurodiverse, you can feel limited on the kinds of jobs that you feel like you can perform well. This is the hardest blocker for me Mm -hmm. to get past, applying for jobs. It's the first step. It's judging yourself before they're able to judge you. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, what job do I apply for? Could I, yeah. You go through all of these. Could I even do that job? Is my dyslexia going to I mean, you, me? you think about the worst case scenario, and you're like, yeah, I don't want to go through that. Yeah. <sighs> anyway, sorry. No, you're fine. With that whole uh, case of worry there, I would like to remind you, and I guess every melon out there, that you can do basically any job. You really can. It's just as long as that workplace is understanding and supportive of you. Anyone can really do any job, I feel like. <laughs> as long as the people around you are able to understand how you work, right? And support you. Yeah. Finding a supportive workplace can be harder than finding a job you even feel capable of being able to do. So we really have to think about jobs, the workplace, and then how we approach these things a bit differently. As a person with a neurodiversity, you should remember that you are protected under the Disabilities Act as well. Yeah. In general, when you're going in and you're interviewing for jobs, maybe you don't have as profound of dyslexia or a neurodiversity and you don't think it's going to affect you and you don't want to disclose it to your boss. You have the right to not do that. But if you're someone that is profoundly dyslexic or has other issues that is going to affect their job, to an extent, and that is something that you feel like you need to disclose, we're going to talk about kind of how we're going to approach that mindset and how we're going to approach disclosing those things. So like I said earlier, we have to think about this interviewing process a little bit differently, and I would say it's almost thinking about it in reverse. When you're going in your meeting with a potential employer, they're not interviewing you for a position. You need to be interviewing them to make sure that it's a good workplace and mindset for you to be able to be managed in and flourish in as an employee. You need a place where you can get the support that you need to excel at your job and be a confident and productive employee. Be upfront with your needs and gauge their reaction. This is what advocating as an adult is. You can't put your livelihood into an employer that can't support you. Good job. All very 
pertinent things to think about is that when we're in this interview process, it's a lot more important, not that I am the perfect fit for this job, but that my employer is able to work with me and my neurodiversity and not become frustrated or not just blatantly not understand it. So there's a few things that we can go into an interview already in mind to think and talk about and even ask. Our first couple of things is, what are we going to ask? First thing I would ask is immediately about the culture. I always do this in every first job interview. I come in and I ask, what's the culture like? Are we all in one boat? Are we in separate boats? Is this a team or do we kind of sink or swim on our own? And depending how they answer that, it does give you a tell on what the culture and the community is like in that workforce. Another thing I always ask or say is that I ask a lot of clarifying questions, which is true. My dyslexia is going to cause me to ask a lot of questions. Is this a problem? And then on top of that, who am I able to ask this to? Who's the person that's my go-to asking buddy in the office? This one is very important to me because with my profound reading difficulties, I will always have to ask clarifying questions. And you want somebody who will support you and be understanding of that, not someone who's going to get frustrated with you and not support you. This one's very important to me. Our third question that I always go in and ask, because I've had issues with this in the past, is what's the training for this position? Is there an actual set training or is it where I have to find my own way? Because that's going to be a difference in how I'm able to do my job. Mm -hmm. All good questions. Yeah. And there's a ton of other questions that you can think about. You should tailor them towards your specific neurodiversities or towards your specific job that you're interviewing for. Things to say after or before asking questions. I mean, you can really throw it in anywhere if you want to. Is If we're talking about a neurodiversity, just to be upfront, say, I am neurodiverse and ask them, do you know what that means? And do you understand what this neurodiversity is? I Yeah, it, this is actually really good to do. Definitely, if you know it's going to affect your job, I always bring it up in my interview to make sure that they understand, at least the best that I can believe that they do, of what's going on with me. Because the last thing I want is for them to be blindsided in the middle of something because I know it's going to happen. It's the easiest way to prevent something from happening. From happening, yeah. Another good thing to say is to say that you know what you are good at and you know where you need support and when to get help for that support. Because that is honestly true. If you've been neurodiverse your whole life, and especially if you've had the wonderful gift of knowing that your whole life, you also know where you need support and can probably ask for the help before you actually need it, before you start falling behind. And just being able to make sure that they understand that and to listen when you say that you need support. <laughs> and a final thing to say that I think is relatively good is, do you know how to, or do you have any system for supporting someone like me? And the reason why I kind of like hound on these questions or these things to think about or ask is because a lot of people don't understand what neurodiversity is or what dyslexia is or the things that fall under it. And a lot of them will say that they do understand it and they don't. So then you get into a job where they think they understand something that they don't and you know that they don't and you're both kind of just like, you know, sitting there with your hands in your pockets not knowing what to do. And that's not a place that anyone really wants to be in. So we as... As the wonderful melons that we are, have to take charge of the situation and say that, do you actually understand what this is? This is the support I need. I am very capable of doing my job, but I need to be able to ask questions and I need to have these things I know at work be implemented. And you're within your rights to ask these questions. Yeah. 
thinking this way, asking these questions, and being honest gives you and your employer the best chance to start off with open conversation and open dialogue around your neurodiversity and what support that you need. You can't blame bad management styles Mm -hmm. when the managers know why or that you even are struggling in general. Yeah, no, and that's exactly why I always feel like I need to be upfront with it because it's going to come up and I don't want them to be blindsided as much as I can inform them. Yeah, it's best for everyone just to have an open dialogue. So you as a melon know, mm-hmm. like I said, what is best and what works for you. And you need to be able to have this you know, active dialogue with your employer or with people in the HR of that work about it. So what are a couple of things that our employers honestly should do, not just can do, but should do once we inform them of our neurodiversity? Every employer should take it upon themselves to get educated properly on what neurodiversities their employees have and what work and management strategies are out there. Every good manager should be continually working on their management skills. Having managers continuously work on their skills isn't putting extra work on the employee or on those managers. This is actually just well-run business practice. Most businesses already do manager education, yeah, continuous. Mm -hmm. This is just another type of education they need to learn. Well, it... Instead of just reading, you know, whatever management book you're given for that month or whatever seminar that is, now you know kind of what type of management strategy you should be looking up. I have this certain neurodiverse employee. Let's look up books specifically for neurodiverse management. Mm -hmm. It helps you hone your skill as a manager. Yeah. So we'll go on to a couple of workplace strategies that we can implement relatively easily. I'm not going to give you a ton here because as I have said before and as I feel like we are always saying in every episode is that everyone's different and unique. So what worked for me might not work for you, you know? Real simple strategies are certain resources like a reader, Mm -hmm. the Chrome plugin that I use, having a calculator if you're doing a lot of math things, and or having someone check over your work. And honestly, you should be having that anyway just to make sure that your work's good. I mean, what professional place doesn't have someone getting their work checked, right? Mm -hmm. That's true. I mean, you're always having people double check things like that. I mean, double check, triple check, make sure it's right. Mm -hmm. And especially with spelling, that's one thing for me. You know, it does need to be double-checked, but I spell very phonetically, so it's usually relatively understandable. Yeah. One of the other strategies that works is focused work and timed breaks. Sometimes you need, like, if you work for, like, an hour or 45 minutes, you might need that, like, five-minute defrazzle moment, and then you come back, and you're ready to go, and you can put in that, you know, next hour, hour and a half, and then five-minute defrazzle break. Yeah, and letting that be something that's okay to have in your, your workplace and having that be kind of like a, a known thing that you're you're still working, mm-hmm. but you're taking your five-minute break, and then you'll get back to being productive. And it makes you more productive. The people who need that are more productive. Yeah, well, there's a lot of psychology in general for not just neurodiverse people, but everybody that that's helpful. Yeah, no, so. I've heard that too, yeah. That's just good management, man. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Mm -hmm. uh, the last strategy that I have is something that maybe you haven't thought about, but a lot of jobs like to continuously educate their employees. So if you're somebody that's neurodiverse and you are wanting a higher position in your job, you might want to take a a writing class or or maybe you're a programmer and you want to get better at programming, you might take a programming course. Or if you work specifically in a finance field there's a a program that you put all the finance things into you can take a course on that program so a lot of jobs are already set up to help employees do this but I think it's really pertinent or really helpful for the neurodiverse community to take advantage of that Mm -hmm. 
I, I, I definitely agree with this as a, you know, person with a neurodiversity, feeling confident and in some ways worthy of having that education from your employer to be able to do the job that you want to do. I don't know. I just, it is, uh, I know a lot of regular people who take advantage of that kind of thing, regular people, neural, neurotypical, neurotypical people who take advantage of that kind of thing. And we really should be getting on top of that too, because it's out there and it's just another way for us to help educate ourselves. And be better employees and have a better work life, feel confident, productive. Mm-hmm. That's all anyone ever wanted anyways in life is just to feel confident and productive. It is. It's all I want. Okay. That and traveling. And traveling. And a million dollars and the ability to teleport because I'm not really into flying. <laughs> oh, yeah. Not me neither. Just get me there. Motion sickness. Uh, okay. Anyway. Well, that was the tip of our workplace iceberg. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there's a ton of things that we can talk about in this. Hopefully, some of that was helpful. So, we thank you for coming and listening to us for another week. Yep, another one down. I'm still on Instagram, if you didn't know. The podcast is still on Instagram. We're still on Instagram. It's at melons.podcast. Come, come visit us on Instagram. Join our community. Be part of our melon patch. Yes, come to the dark side. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, lordy lord. I'm over there posting posts. Posting posts. At least once a week, sometimes twice a week, like I said, when I feel super swanktastic or I got the energy. If you want to message me there, I will message you back. And if you want to send us suggestions for episodes, if you want to know anything more on this specific topic, that's where you ask, man. That's where I'm at. And we'll provide. Yes. I'm relatively lonely and desperate, so if anybody wants to chat me. Oh, Lord. Do you want to say anything else before we sign off? Um, just, we are a community, and we want to grow with you, so come grow with us. Come grow with us. Mm-hmm. That's what I have to say. You can cut that out if you want to, but I have nothing else. There you go. That's fine. Kind of sounds like we're sitting on a couch watching Netflix eating, like, a ton of pizza. Come expand with us. <laughs> I was thinking of a garden, but come expand. Come put on the fat pants. Okay. Like with every send-off, I'm going to tell you to be different and be kind. 